The following opinions expressed within the content are solely the speakers and do not reflect the opinions and beliefs of Child Free Media Limited or its affiliates. Hello. Hey. <laughs> Welcome to Twick. I'm Cody. I'll be one of your co-hosts today. And I am Lenora Faye, and Cody is completely frozen on my screen, so oh, I don't no. know what's happening here. Okay. Uh, hi. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it doesn't matter for podcasting, but if anyone's watching, we got a leg. Okay, so in the meantime, welcome to Twig, This Week in Child Free. Uh, <laughs> my co-host is completely frozen, at least to me, so hopefully I'm not frozen. Anyway, so this is All a right. show where, okay... <laughs> We're here. I think I'm here. Am I All here? All right. I start. I started the intro. You can pick up where I left. Yeah. Up. Technical difficulties. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it is live. If Lorna didn't say that already, so this is a uh, live streamed right now. Um, but Twix stands for this week in child free. We talk about recent articles, events, and happenings in and around the child free community. And if you'd like to submit an article for us to review and talk about, um, kind of live react to, that's basically what this is. Let us know by sending an email to childfreemedia at gmail.com and put Twix. TWIC in the subject line, and that'll help it uh, stand out a little bit for us. And before we begin, this quick shout out to StreamYard for giving us these cool buttons and uh, platforms to share this on. So thank you, StreamYard, for that. So without further ado, we will uh, dive in here. Rebecca, thanks for being behind the scenes for us. All right. So we've got the first uh, article here. Uh, this is, uh, let's see. Buzzfeed.com uh, says, my boyfriend, I love being dinks and never want kids. Here are 14 reasons why. Only 14? Uh, okay. Only 14. Uh, and then in a tiny subheading, it says, according to a new estimate, it costs an average of 310,000 US dollars to raise a child. And that's just absurd. And I'm pretty sure that number usually does not include any kind of uh, education after the high school. I was going to say, I, I wonder what kind of standard of living that, <clears throat> that means. Like, so I know it's this average. So yeah, average. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, huh. so, all right. Let's see, this is uh, how you know much it costs me to get from zero to 40. Like uh, <laughs> a lot. So it says, uh, hi, I'm Morgan. This is my boyfriend, Bradley. If, if you're watching this on video, you can see their picture, but if it's a podcast, um, uh, well, you'll just have to take my word for it. Uh, it says, we've been together for seven years and we're dinks, D-I-N-K-S. And for those who don't know, that is dual income, no kids. Um, and just, I guess, as a, another idea of that, that doesn't always mean child-free. Child-free people, we've kind of taken on the ownership of dink and sink, single income, no kids, just because the term no kids is in it. Um, and that's always a contested topic in the, the dink community is if uh, people who are childless or uh, you know, want to be currently without or, children. Like yeah, that's, that's, it's a that's, very broad term. It doesn't it mean child-free for life, which is, and so, yeah. So for no things, one, it's no like, one talks about that. Is like, really. I mean, in a way it's like, I mean, how much of a fight do we want to put into that? We, we have a hard enough time with our, our own title of child-free. Um, mm -hmm. So we'll deal with things later, but anyway, uh, so the uh, topic continues to say, in case you haven't heard the term dink, stands for dual income, no kids. There we go. Uh, we are child-free by choice and we love it. So I thought I'd share 14 reasons why being dink works for us. And they have a dog in a photo. So number one, um, as the term dink states, we have double income. 
So uh, during this time of increasing cost of living, high inflation, it's easier to weather the storm with a partner. Though we're not married and have separate finances, we both work and can split expenses. Similar to people who have roommates or living with family, we can afford a better standard of living together than we could separately. For example, our combined income gets us an apartment that neither of us could afford to pay for alone. Pretty basic there. So number two, do you want me to read that whole thing or just the heading? And if it sounds interesting, well, you're, we can dive you're in. You're really sticky. Like you're freezing constantly. So I no. know. <laughs> I, I see it right now. We're, we're at second. I'm, I'm afraid if I start talking, it's going to stop on me. <laughs> it, it's, uh, is my audio coming in and out? Yeah, you know, your audio is fine. Otherwise, oh, I'd be speaking over you. But oh, your, okay. your video is awful. Um, right. <laughs> like oh, your, well. your eyes are closed right now and you're not moving. <laughs> oh no, oh, that, that's usual. Um, so um, number two, we don't have to pay for all the costs of having a child. So as mentioned before, the $310,000 up to the age of 17. So that doesn't even count 18 um, and beyond. Uh, it says that's just absurd to me. One estimate shows the average cost of child care in California is about 17000 U.S. dollars per year. That's uh, more than a year tuition at UCLA, can, the university. Can we find ones that people haven't talked about, honestly? Because it's like, are there any on the list that that are new? They're the interesting. That's why I said let's let's just go through it and see yeah. what it says. So we can go on big vacations. Um, okay, cool. So yeah, going to Europe for their thirtieth birthday. Yeah, you can you can. Um, I I guess this this kind of brings up the thought of it's like, you know. You can go on big, big vacations, but I mean, in a way, almost if you plan for it, anybody can go on a big vacation. But I think yes. it's it's easier maybe to go on big vacations or you know with less time. Uh, time well, like I said last is. week, anything yeah. is easy when you have money. Doesn't matter no, if you have true. kids or not. That's true. <laughs> Great point. Does not matter. Um, number four, we can focus on our puppy son. So they've got a five-year-old child mix named Dandelion. Uh, there is a Instagram of Dandelion. Dot, like the dot dog. dog if you want to follow little dandelions adventures it looks like you can do that um number five we're stressed enough as it is so um so since we all know that young okay people, that's a good point yeah, there we go they, that's a good one. they're in, they're inheriting inheriting a worse world than previous generations uh we've and there's no um link there but but we i've read that in headings as well um we've already got so much to worry about how will we ever afford a home near our family or, and friends when the average list price in an orange, okay, Orange County is expensive in California. It's $1.2 million. Yeah, Orange County is expensive. Um, can we realistically expect comfortable retirement when Social Security is expected to run out by 2033 and benefits may be reduced? Um, so yeah, so that's a reason that they are choosing to be child-free and enjoying the dink life. I think Number, that's a good point to to for people to think about. Not yeah. not to further stress themselves out by any means, but just to give yourself breathing room by realizing you don't have to raise children while you're sorting out the answers to your life. Yeah. Number six, we have the freedom to come and go as we please. Uh, having the ability to do what we want when we want is so valuable to us. And I'll just put a maybe an asterisk right here. I mean, they're talking about being dinks. I mean, Lenore, you're a sink. You're a single income, no kids, I think you probably have even more freedom than that because you literally can do what you want when you want. <laughs> but again, again, it's like it doesn't, well, that's true. But everyone's got different standards of living. Like yeah. I always look at, you know, I mean, these these pieces are great, but at the same time, it's not everyone's experience. Um, it's it's things to aspire to, for sure. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. And well, I guess it's going back to the fact that they do have a pet. They have a dog. So they don't have like a hundred percent freedom. They have yeah, to like, either take the dog with them or find some way to have the dog taken care of. So, but they, yeah, but they, see, I'm pet free by choice because I do yeah. not want that kind of responsibility, even if I don't plan on going anywhere. Like I'm not a, I'm not a big traveler. Last year I traveled a lot just because suddenly I just felt like it. It was like, I think I'm supposed to do that, but I don't, I don't initially plan. I don't actually initially plan anything anymore <laughs> because it's like, what's available. Okay. Let's do this. What, you know, it's, 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 it's a kind of weird nomadic life, but, um, okay. Well, I, I, I'm just I'm all, I'm also curious about autonomy within relationships as well too. It doesn't you know? Yeah. Like one person likes to go travel and the other person likes to stay home. Like you don't have to do everything together. I'm one of those people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whether I'm in a relationship or not. Um. Oh, noise level. Okay. Hold on. Number seven. Let's talk about in that our, one. <laughs> in our home, the only noise we hear is pretty much what we make ourselves. So yeah, that's that's. This is a big one. Huge yeah. one huge one. I, I don't like, like I'm a chatty person, but I like a quiet house and that's why I don't like living with people. I mean, I'd have to live with someone who's relatively calm and can, can is independent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if I need space, like just give it to me. Well, um, and, and for some people, they, you know, they, this is one of the reasons that they cite why they are child-free is, is when they say they don't like being around kids, people think, oh, well, then you hate kids. It's like, well, not necessarily. They, they may have an aversion to like, you know, irrational loud noises happening at yeah. random sporadic times. So, you know, for their own, you know, mental health or, or, you know, what makes them feel safe in their home, that could be, that could be like the number one reason for somebody is just to have their quiet space and have control over it. So well, I, I, I always talk about people's energies, you know, it doesn't matter what age, whether it's a child, whether it's a partner or whatever, it's like, you have to, it, it's it's beyond like are you compatible it's like what what energy is that person bringing into your living space and I, I don't think that is something that's talked a lot about and children of all ages need things and if you feel like being a caregiver everyone gets overwhelmed at some point right and mm -hmm. you know being a child and having parents thinking my energy didn't necessarily match my parents energy but you know they chose to have me and that's what they got so it's just the energy of a home for me is a sacred thing. And this is a huge reason why, you know, ideally I don't want to live with anyone or if I do, we have to have compatible energy. Right. But children and, and people, well, no one, no one likes to, parents don't like to talk about that, but it's true because you're not necessarily guaranteed to like your kid. Yeah. Yeah. You can take it's, care of them because you kind of have to. <laughs> yeah. You're legally, yeah. you legally have to, so but it, you know, it, it, if you make a comment and you say like right on Cody, you're going to get like on the screen. So Casey says, I've, uh, I've never heard a noise described as irrational, but that's so right on Cody, LOL. So thanks Casey. Yeah. Um, yeah. Irrational noise. <laughs> Just people talking in general. Stop it. <laughs> loud noises. Uh, number eight, not having kids is one of the best things we can do for the environment and people will believe you or not fight you on that. Um, so it, I guess it's a matter of what you think is happening to the world outside. Um, so it says uh, the greatest impact an individual can have in the fight against climate change is to have fewer kids. So notice it's not saying have no kids. It's just have fewer, fewer kids. kids. Um, so according to a study and there is a link there to the guardian.com, I guess they did a study on that. Uh, having one fewer child will save 58.6 tons of CO2 per year. And so, 
Yeah. All right. We see, we see numbers like that. Interesting often. responsibility choice. I would never put the climate as a reason to not have kids just for myself, but. Um, well, but if you compound that with, if you're going to have a child and the world may not be the best place to bring them into in that regard, like it's going to be a, a harsher environment. So you're kind of, looking no, I, I, I'm not disagreeing with it. I just, yeah. I, I'm just so surprised that, that the powers that be the governments, whatever, when they talk about climate incentives and things, they don't talk about that. Like, I, I know I've mentioned this in a previous episode, but here in Alberta, where I live, we get um, a, a climate incentive tax credit or not tax credit. We get, a, we get money. And my brother who has two children gets more money <laughs> than I do mm -hmm. as a single person because he has kids and i'm thinking yeah. i should get triple because i i don't have children i should actually be getting yeah. more because i'm technically uh contributing by not having children even though that's not my reason for not having kids yeah know? parents in the, in the u.s they get a, a big income tax rebate as well yeah. but this is credit this i guess is they call specifically it specifically so. though for the climate okay, i don't know i'm going dark here but this is specifically for climate incentive initiative, whatever. I don't remember what it's called, oh, okay. but, right? So it's tied directly to that. You would think- Wait, so they give you more money for having give more you kids more, to they, help the environment? They give, <laughs> if you have children, you get more money. Like my brother gets three amounts because he's got two children that he, like he, he cares for full time. Huh. I only get like, just for me, but you think I should get more money because I don't have kids. I'm contributing to the overall climate quality of the climate by not- I'm interested. Uh, I right? mean, not, I don't it's know- weird. Canadian uh, government, but does that money come from taxes or from like oil and gas sales? Like, is it basically like a uh, kickback for a, selling natural really resources? Question. So as long <laughs> as you file your tax, uh, file a tax return, you get it back. In Alberta, our oil, oil and gas economy, which basically funded a lot of Canada in previous mm. days is no longer the case. So it's, it's just a government rebate program. Um, but, but again, every time like it, people like families get more for the climate incentive to buy, like, it, it, to me, it doesn't yeah. make sense. I don't know why, how they came up with it. I, I didn't read too much into it. I was like, oh, they're sending me some money. Cool. You know, but, uh, it's, it's weird. I, like from my child free perspective, I think I should get more because I'm not contributing as big of a carbon footprint by having children like my brother. Well, if, if anybody out there is a government nerd and you want to deep dive into that and put it in the comment section later, feel free. In the province <laughs> of Alberta of the country of Canada. There <laughs> like you go. What I was trying to say. All right. All right. Next. Number nine, uh, we can take more risks. So that could be taken in any level. Let's see what they actually say. So last year we moved from uh, OC, I guess, uh, Orange County to Austin, which is in Texas, because we, or I'm assuming in Texas, because we wanted a new adventure. I was able to keep my job since I work from home, but Bradley had to quit his since he is in the restaurant industry. We booked an Airbnb for two months, uh, the time we allotted for him to find a new job and hope for the best. And luckily he found a job quickly. They got an apartment they love and uh, it all worked out, but we would have been, it would have been too big of a gamble if we had to worry about feeding kids. So now this, I, this one, I really like about taking big risks. I mean, I've spent the last five years fully focused on being a child-free lifestyle advocate, which was never the plan. And Definitely. I like, I hate it when people say, because I don't have kids, I can do this. But yeah. in this particular case, I have to say, because, well, I would never want to become a child-free advocate if I had children. But um, 
Or maybe I would have. Who knows? No, a parent, a parent could be a child-free advocate. Yeah, like, I'm not it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't quite, like, you know, if I were, you know, trying to host child-free convention and I had, like, six kids climbing all over me. Because, <laughs> even though we do have a parent panel this year. Yes, we do. Um, But the the being able to take risks, for sure. Like, you know, putting your career ambitions. I've always been an entrepreneur, career ambitious person. Mm-hmm. Nothing is ever guaranteed. I don't believe in failure. Like, I, you know, I, I thought one time I failed, but it just pushed me in a different direction. So like I've, you know, there really is no failure. Um, but it allows you even on a, on an intellectual level to really, I mean, again, people with kids can do this. I know people with kids have taken massive, massive risks, but it is nice when you don't have to worry about feeding your children while you're building well, I mean, something of impact. Yeah, right. That's true. I mean, my, my wife and I, we started our, our first company uh, in, in between like a, a job shift and, instead of going out and trying to find another job and working for someone else, we decided that we would start uh, a company and a business. And uh, my wife ran that while I maintained the job that I had. And once the business was able to basically um, support both of us, I was like, uh, peace, I'm out. And yeah. we, we did our own thing. So yeah. yeah that's it, awesome. But, but, and we felt comfortable doing that because it's like, Hey, look, it's just us. Like we can, mm-hmm. we can do this. And, and if it didn't work out, then, you know, no biggie. Like we'll, we'll, we'll make it work. But yeah, if you've got kids may not be wanting to take that big of a a jump, but that goes, like you said before, doesn't mean parents can't do it. Um, but I think it may be a little bit more comfortable for child-free people to take those risks. Uh, Number 10, we have more time for our hobbies. So, um, Bradsley's pretty outdoorsy, goes kayaking, one wheeling, I guess, is that a unicycle, uh, swimming. Um, he plays piano, the guitar video games for the author here um they she read 59 books last year and hope to beat that this year uh she has her own writing projects household chores obligations things of that nature so um yeah you have a little bit more free time because you're not necessarily going to soccer practice or band recital or whatever it might be Um, yeah you know what i don't (laughs) i never think about how busy i would be being a taxi driver to my children if I had had them. Mm-hmm. Cause I think of how much my mother, you know, invested in me and my brother, like swimming lessons, orchestra. I was in, you know, theory, piano, violin, all that stuff, orchestra rehearsals as a teenager, like just Saturday, Saturday to Saturday, like all, uh, yeah, just constant. Yeah. yeah. You know, but they signed up for that. But yeah. when I think about it, I'm going, oh my goodness, it's no. <laughs> But but actually, it depends though, because I think of I only I only have one friend who is a stay at home mom. Everyone else is a working parent. Hmm. So yeah, time and I mean really, time, time is time is time and health are our biggest resources. So they are, yeah, you know, the, right? So the, in my opinion, they're the most important ones. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, um, so number eleven, we enjoy being the fun and uncle. So ooh, yeah. The, the, Lucky to have kids in both of their families. Um, nothing better than having fun with the little ones and spoiling them with gifts and then giving them back when they get grumpy or tired. Or, or we get tired. Like they, they get tired. Yeah. <laughs> we so get tired and grumpy. We get tired. Yeah. We get, we also get grumpy. Um, so yeah, be, be the aunt, uncle, and, and there you go. Pass it back. Uh, number 12. My youngest nephew turned 13 last week. Oh, wow. Uh, and he's going to be taller than me soon, which isn't hard because I'm only five foot three, but it's just. <laughs> Yeah. Being an aunt is fun. I will say I do like that. So number 12, we can sleep as much as we want. And this is for their lifestyle. Some people 
uh, may not have the luxury of sleep for medical reasons, or they might just be hustling and have to wake up yeah. and work two or three jobs. So, but for yeah. these people, they're saying that, um, see, everyone knows how sleep deprived parents are. So I guess they're comparing it to being a parent. So I guess for them, um, during child-free convention, I take afternoon naps. I don't necessarily sleep a ton, although this year is easier, but yeah, I am. Um, <laughs> I like yeah. afternoon naps. I like being a night owl. So, yeah. So I guess what they're saying, like kids have to be at school at a certain time very early. Mm -hmm. um, and on the weekends are soccer games, dance park practices, that, yeah, so forth and so on. So yeah, you, you're, you're on someone else's schedule. That might be another way to put that is your sleep schedule is yes. based on someone else's life. Like that's, that's yeah. another way to look at that. Um, Number 13, we don't have to censor ourselves. I mean, there's a lot of parents out there that don't censor themselves either. But well, I guess. what's the context <laughs> to this? Oh. Yeah, let's find out. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, we love that we can be our authentic selves all the time without worrying about the way we're phrasing things, if we're cursing or if we're uh, being good role models. I think constantly monitoring house. myself would be exhausting. Plus, we can play whatever TV or music we want without worrying if it's appropriate for kids. Hmm. So, no. Well, around Something the house, I don't that's really true. think I mean, about, but yeah. Yeah. And, well, yeah. <laughs> 14. I guess it, this, this is me censoring myself, but when you don't have children around the house, you don't have to like wear specific clothing items. <laughs> Another thing I like about living alone or, you know, if I have a companion, just, you know. I jumped here. All right. Number 14. <laughs> Uh, anyway, and finally, we can focus on our relationship. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. say this all the time about the, my marriage with my wife. It's like you, it, we get to literally grow together in the marriage. And that it, it maybe it's a, the, the way of looking at being a parent. But when you have a child, like there is something in between you that you are raising together, hopefully. But it 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 does take up a lot of time and energy and you know, with the, the jobs, hobbies, just quiet time, personal time, chores around the house and taking care of a kid. Like, yeah, that, that can basically um, make it where people are strangers by the time they're empty nesters. They look at each yeah. other when the kid's 18 or 19, like, I don't know who I'm married to now. Um, so let's see that's, let's see if they say the same thing or something similar. Bradley and I can devote a lot of time and attention to our relationship. We have regular check-ins to make sure our goals are aligned and that we're happy with how things are going. We're fun and playful, silly dance parties in the living room, uh, constant teasing. He still carries me over puddles when I'm wearing flip-flops, uh, so forth and so on. So, um, yeah, I think there's like 14 here, right? That yes. is it. All right. Cool. All right. And we got so the next one is this is a uh, prismreports.org. The heading is my decision to be mm -hmm. child free had nothing to do with my disability. Yeah, this sounds plug, a little more uh, plug here. We do have a panel about mm -hmm. child free with disabilities in the upcoming child free convention mm -hmm. in 2023. It's so, nice to get a different side of, you know, from the the quote unquote fun aspect of being child free to, you know, mm -hmm. realities are varying in this lifestyle that we live yeah so the the little subheading here says uh, ableist misconceptions lead many to believe disabled people don't desire to be parents hmm. so let's see what this talks about and this is by uh Velissa thompson um so it says uh, this summer will mark two years since I decided to be child free. It was a shocking discovery for me, but one I felt right to do 
when I was 27, I asked my general physician about my fertility options as a disabled woman approaching 30. He referred me to a doctor who had experience with pregnant people with my disability, which is, oh boy, uh, osteogenesis imperfecta. Is that mm -hmm. right? Did I get yep. that right? Otherwise known as OI. Um, better known as brittle bone disease. Mm. The doctor gave me valuable information about their experience caring for pregnant people with OI, including the realities and challenges of childbirth. They also informed me about the alternatives to childbirth, like in vitro and surrogacy. Um, my takeaway from the discussion was positive, which is unusual for disabled people seeking reproductive health and family planning support. Uh, they wrote about uh, the ableism and misogyny uh, black disabled mothers experience in their parenthood journeys. There's a link to it there. So you can read that if you want to later. Uh, so encouraging, so encouraging a physician who doesn't project such unfavorable viewpoints onto me felt like a lucky shot. Uh, the conversation also led me to de a desire to pursue IVF and, uh, surrogacy if I want to become a mom, knowing I had those options for my route to parenthood, uh, and it took the pressure off of, of her to have the baby in a specific timeline, even as she entered her 30s. Um, let's see, I'm going to scroll down a little bit. Um, okay, so th th right here, it sounds interesting. So when I came to this realization, I felt both shock and peace come over me. Being a disabled woman in her 30s, people don't hassle me about children, which is is the, the whole she, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna and, add uh, yeah. we, I know we skipped over this part but she's a black disabled woman which opens up a whole other aspect to the dialogue which I think we should point out um mm -hmm. without getting too deep into it and um, because that there are especially well everywhere but in the U.S. from black child for women who I speak with regularly health care for black women specifically is a challenge as it is so it's good to highlight that um just point that out in this story because yeah. the fact that she's getting support from the medical community is is actually amazing and I, <laughs> based I on the stories the, i've heard from people i don't know the numbers someone else can put it in the comments if they can find it but the um the the uh mortality rate of the mother in childbirth as a black woman in america is much higher um, yeah. Than it is for. Well, there was just that that athlete, women. that Olympic athlete who died yeah. during childbirth. Yeah. That was yeah. all over the news. Um, let's see. She was in her thirties, I think. Yeah. Uh, see, this is most likely due to ableism and people's misconception that disabled people don't desire to become parents. Um, I feel like there's a little bit more to that, but we'll see if they dig into it or if anything, we might discuss it in the the panel. Uh, so we'll see. Um, given there are more than four million parents in the U.S. who have some form of disability. This is clearly erroneous thinking. Since I was bombarded with the messages that those who can become pregnant typically experience, I can focus on my career and passions and people in my circles respect that for me, respected that for me. Um, the only people in my life whom I ever discussed thoughts of potential parenthood were my friends who saw me as a complete person and don't hold ableist views on who should and should not become a parent. Uh, my decision to ultimately become child-free, which is the point of this article. I don't know if I'm still here or not. It went away on the screen. Um, it says, my decision to ultimately become child-free had nothing to do with my disability status. 
I was never afraid of potentially passing along my disability. I understood the genetic lottery I'd be playing and would be happy either way. My line of thinking, uh, who better to raise a disabled child than a disabled person? Particularly with my circumstances, a financial, financially capable social worker and activist with a robust community of support. I already know uh, what it's like to have OI as a child. Any, any child I would any, sorry, any child I had would benefit greatly from having me as a parent as they would not be the only disabled person in their homes. I was going to pause there. Those are some good points mm-hmm. that the, the person does bring up. Um, you know, what comes to mind is we, we had this conversation when we were going through um, or redoing the International Child Free Day website. And we added a section on eugenics there talking about, you know, because people go, there is that thought that eugenics plays a part or child-free people are eugenicists, <laughs> I guess, if you will. Somehow. Something like that. <laughs> but this this is a really thoughtful article and 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 I think, well, I mean, she's writing it in, in first person. So um, it does it does bring up a lot of good points. And she's thought about this, you know. Mm-hmm. And again like I, i'm really curious to to hear from our panelists on on this particular topic because ableism yeah. is definitely it's it's one of those isms that isn't as you don't hear about it as much like racism sexism that type of thing mm-hmm. um but it's it brings a whole different perspective and you know honestly comparing just just what we've read so far of this article compared to the buzzfeed one of like the 14 reasons why and you know not not putting one above the other but it's articles like this that pronatalists should read <laughs> yeah. you know because it it's it does show a level of thoughtfulness which doesn't take away from the 14 reasons why one but there it, it goes a little bit deeper um, well it- I agree with you. It's not to interrupt you. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it shows the thought process that I feel like all child-free people go through before they verbalize or, mm-hmm. you know, have in their, in their head that they say I'm child-free like that. Yeah. Once, once you come to that realization, you've gone through a lot of these similar steps for your own life, looking at, uh, you know, ability, finances, you know, time, desire, like even, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. So there's a, I agree with you completely. This is a, a well put together article that shows kind of that, that train moving along. Um, we'll wrap this up in a second. We'll read another paragraph or so. It says, uh, when I say that I'm child-free, disability is not a factor in my choice. If anything, it uh, is the demands and realities of parenting that determined this was not something I wanted to pursue. Parenting is one of the hardest things a person can do. The levels of sacrifice demanded of parents in society that does not support families in full or protect children from ills of the world were things I did not want to engage with. Mm-hmm. I knew I would also have to pause many of my dreams and goals to be the best parent I could be. I did not want to hit pause and choosing to be child-free means that I don't have to. That kind of, yeah, sums yeah. up what we were kind of just talking about. So mm-hmm. um, let me scroll here a little bit more. Um so being child-free, uh, being a child-free disabled woman is freeing because it means I can live intentionally, knowing that I made the best decision for me. I hold no guilt in my choice, nor will I allow others to project their fears again about aging without children onto me. If anything, growing up around widows who either had or didn't have children prepared me, uh, prepared me more 
for aging than spending that time with people who feared getting old and being alone could have. And that's, that's an interesting point because a yes. lot of the, a lot of the people who say, well, aren't you scared of dying alone, being alone, whatever those people in the, in themselves have that fear. And mm -hmm. maybe they, they did not see someone, um, it grow up with the, in a positive light of, of that. So they think right. it can't be possible. Well, exactly. Cause they, they often reference, Oh, you know, look at the people in old folks home. And usually that's just anecdotal or, you know, sometimes yeah. they say they work there. Can you send me that article? Because I yeah. want to track this woman down in a good way. Not do. talking. I, 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 <laughs> I, I want to uh, see if we can get her on a podcast episode or something. I would really like I'm, to talk. To I'm her. down for that. I'm down for that. So, um, and that yes. Yeah. It also open casting call for people, you know, uh, Lenore and I are, are pretty open with uh, podcast opportunities. So if there's mm -hmm. a topic or something you want to yeah. discuss in the, the Chelsea realm. And I'll here. add something that's not, you know, we, we're, we're tackling deeper topics now. So something like this or a, a perspective that we don't really hear for, from often mm -hmm. we're really really open to and excited yeah. about yes that's a good it's, it's, it, it sounds funny to say it like marginalized within the child-free community because we feel marginalized ourselves but yeah they, like we are the same cut of the the segment of the world that every that everything else is like we we yeah. have everybody everybody yeah. exactly is. and i and i think that you know there, there's a lot of again, we've talked about how it's really important to celebrate the choice and whatnot, and we can celebrate our wins and our goals and things like that. But there are a lot of, there are a lot of nuances to being child-free and, and topics that people, even in child-free spaces, don't have the opportunity or not allowed to speak up on or whatever, because it, it shines a light on darker aspects of humanity that we all are living through and it's mm -hmm. important to address. So child for media is definitely a platform where we can dive deeper into more challenging topics that you're probably not free or feel safe to speak otherwise. And we'll protect you. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel like an ant, like two wait, people. Wait, wait, Laura, time, it, Laura says that she needs to protect you from like the trolls. Yeah, we'll deal, exactly. We'll exactly. Deal with the trolls. You know, like, don't worry about. I mean, that. you can share your story anonymously and stuff, but we're yeah, looking for deeper, deeper conversations. So, yeah. but, but I, I definitely want to reach out to this woman because it'd be fascinating to talk further on this. Um, let's see one more here. This is from uh, I love how they decide to post the parent. Hey, this is a Canadian article. Yeah, cbc.ca. <laughs> uh, being childless still carries stigma, even though more people are choosing not to become parents. And then in the subheading, I've it been says on people... the CBC. They used a soundbite of me for something like this right. like a year ago or so. Uh, people who won't or can't have children talk about their judgment and pressures they face. This is by Amy Bell. And thanks um, for posting a photo of a baby. Right at the beginning. Well, <laughs> well, it says can't or, or won't. So, yeah. Um, so the heading, first heading says, I felt somewhat like a commodity. So Lori Coombs was very set on not having children when she entered her first marriage. But she says she began to realize her value in the family. She joined centered firmly on her reproductive abilities. Um, that outdated view of women and their worth was just one of many factors that ultimately led to the end of that relationship. And she stuck to her decision to remain childless. So again, does that mean child-free or childless? We don't know because of the verbiage, but I think it- Come on, Canada, get it together. All right. Um, <laughs> and then she goes on to say, uh, as women, we go through this in different iterations in our life as valued for what we can provide the world, like beauty or how skinny we are. 
Um, and I think the same thing goes for motherhood. So with that external pressure, I feel somewhat like a commodity. My value certainly with that family was my ability to provide grandchildren. And that that's probably a pressure a lot of people do feel. Um, yeah, I love the, that she uses the term commodity. I don't see that very often, but it's, yeah, it's that's, it's you know, just, just being a female in general, that's, yeah, kind of yeah. what it feels like. Um, let's see. This next heading is regret is expected. So that's interesting. Um, the judgment doesn't just stop because you reach a certain age either. Now in her late forties, Shauna Good decided in her twenties that motherhood was not for her. Good says she was, wasn't comfortable with the gender roles that still dictate that mothers are most likely to give up their careers and take on the lion's share of parental duties. Um, and though she's past her in quote childbearing years and is extremely close with her nephew and niece. She feels she still, she's still expected to express regret for her decision. So that's the angle they're going with the yeah. regret. Uh, and she goes on to say in quotes, uh, even, uh, even there are expectations from my gyno gynecologist, um, who she had problems with, uh, menstruation for decades, but finds doctors aren't willing to offer her treatment that would result in her not being able to have children, dear God. <laughs> mm -hmm. I was so lucky I had the doctor that I did in my 30s. I have to still find a new one because he quit, but um, not because of me. But like, it's it's it is a challenge. Uh, okay, I wanted to comment on something here. Okay, it escaped me. Oh no, that that's what it was—the regret. Because we also have a childhood regrets panel. We do. Uh, yeah. I think uh, we haven't had any comments about that particular panel title yet. We we're expecting it. Yeah, I, we thought yeah, we, we are. We are. I think people probably <laughs> don't know what to think what that means. People are going to assume what the speaker is going to talk about. Mm -hmm. We know what we're asking the speakers, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, it'll, yeah, it's 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 curious. But I, yeah. it's yeah. Anyway, without right. spoiling anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next heading. Not everyone has a choice. Uh, I'll let you take this one if you can read it, Lenora. If I can read it, what do you imply? <laughs> well, okay. I mean, the, the verb is yeah. yeah. For those who are childless, not by choice, but perhaps through infertility or death of a child. Ooh, that's an interesting lumping in death of a child to childless. That's really not our lane to talk about, so I'll leave that alone. There, But I kind of now want to ask our childless, child-free panel about that. Mm-hmm. Which and another plug we can you write that down? Not childless <laughs> I, I don't, uh, have, have we brought that up in previous where someone had a child in the di okay. anyway? All right, let's I'll continue. But now I'm thinking about this. Okay, there are so many layers of grief, disappointment, and shame. There are feelings that are often worked through alone for fear of being judged for somehow failing in their duties, especially among those who identify as women. The experience of infertility and pregnancy loss is very stressful, Keller says. And if you add on the, that judgment piece or that pressure piece, that it come, becomes even more stressful for sure. Keller says we need to be supportive of people in our lives who are working to let go of the future they envisioned. There's a lot of sadness, a lot of grief around something that they thought might happen in their life. The dream of that, she said. Another emotional aspect that can come up is shame. There is this sense of feeling that you failed somehow. Failed as a woman because you didn't become a mother. And she goes on to say, I love kids so... Oh. I was thinking, how does this part fit into that? But okay. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. 
Well, I guess this is the the author of the article writing. I love Maybe, kids yeah. so much. Okay. Oh, okay. Anyway, so it continues. I love kids so much that I made two myself, but being their mother doesn't define me. In any alternative timeline, I should be just as valued, loved, wor and worthy if I didn't have any children, much like how we've historically viewed men. And still view men, I suppose. As younger... Ge that was me adding that in. <laughs> the article continues. As younger generations face climate catastrophes, unreachable housing markets, and political unrest, many more people are likely to make the choice to not bring children into the world. We need not to just to accept this, but to embrace it. Thank you. And see the value of these members of our own village. Whether by choice or not, the childless people in our lives play equal important roles and deserve the freedom of any judgment. Okay, now that's another person I want to interview. Someone that wrote a parent who wrote a nice, compelling yeah. article for CBC. Thank you, Canada. Yeah. Now, wait a you know, I, I wanted to bring this up last in last week's episode. Why is child childless not hyphenated, but child free is? Sometimes it is, but I think it's very rare. I see childless. It rarely is it. Yeah, I, I don't know. Okay. Maybe maybe we'll get ours to that point as All well. Right. But All right. um, that's all. I, I, that. This this was a good article. I like it. And let's see, uh, Buzzfeed.com. So it says, uh, child-free, there's your hyphen. Uh, people are sharing the exact moments that made them reconsider having children, and it's incredibly eye-opening. And Ooh. this is by Claudia Santos, BuzzFeed staff. Um, see, uh, I guess maybe this is them. I felt relieved I'd never have to figure out how to put my career on hold. I'd never have to figure out the logistics of child care with a career. I'd have money to buy a house someday i'd be able to retire someday of course none of those is a guarantee but now i wouldn't have to add children to the equation so um i think these are where they scrape reddits so we'll see how this goes yeah. is there actual headings on these or here we go let's jump to the headings um so number one is my mother's mental illness left the lion's share of supervision and housekeeping to me at the expense of my own education and in parentheses we also had not nearly enough resources for the number of children um, the despair of those years turned me off from ever being responsible for a child again. I love my siblings with all my heart, but they nearly broke me. We got a response to our question. Thank you, yeah. Casey. What's that? Grammar is important. So the reason why it's childless because less is a suffix. Free can be used as a suffix or as a hyphenated word. Mm. Okay. Thank you, Casey. <laughs> the more you know. All right. Um, <laughs> So, Where's that uh, number, from? I uh, hear uh, that. What's that reference? It's, uh, is it NBC? NBC, I think. They used to do like a little thing on TV where they would share some blurb of oh. knowledge or wisdom, and then a star would shoot across the screen. It would say, the more you know. That's what happens when you don't grow up with a TV. Thanks, parents. <laughs> Thanks, parents. All right. Um, so I'll let you read number two, and then I'll we'll just flip-flop here. Okay. I'm so, and this is actually me. I'm so deeply horrified by the idea of getting pregnant that I generally do not understand people who want that. That's what the article says, but that's also how I feel. To be, <laughs> to me, the ideal of, sorry, to me, the idea of becoming pregnant and going through childbirth is the equivalent of discovering I have a very serious life-threatening illness. It just causes a visceral traumatic reaction to not want ever. 
of do oh sorry it causes a visceral traumatic reaction of do not want ever yes yep. absolutely um number three uh this is u.s centric but i feel very strongly that in this culture you have to really want kids above all else because there's no other culture in the world that actively works against parents in such a profound way no parental leave no universal health care child care is prohibitively expensive and we work so effing hard day after day after day so that doing anything else is like playing like playing with your kids is so exhausting yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and i mean i mean it's 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 really interesting because we are, you know, privileged people here in North America. And bear with me. I know that we all have different levels of privilege within this area. But it does make me think of, of places where there's a lot less like we're, we're very we're very materialistic here. Right. Yeah. And so at the same time, you know, I think of places, you know, around the world where it's it's materialism i mean for many reasons just isn't part of the everyday norm but there's still that expectation that that that's what life is you have children everybody raises them you keep mm -hmm. having more i mean you t factor in things like lack of education lack of birth control awareness awareness of choice that you can live a completely different life you can become materialistic and move to north america or wherever you know material ha materialism happens everywhere but it's just Things have shifted so much, and yet, you know, we're trying to go... Some places are trying to go back to what used to be, fam family values, all that good stuff. But nothing has ever worked. We've just kind of, like, gone through the motions and just put up with it, I feel like. But now we're living in a time where people are wanting to go, wait a second, we can live completely different. Kids or no kids. Mm -hmm. But nobody knows how to do that or figure, or try, like we're all just trying to figure out how to make that happen. And like in reality, it, well, it's still that awkward stage for society to where you, you don't necessarily have to have kids to have the functioning household. Like they're the, right. you know, unless, unless you're on a farm and you have to have, you know, very cheap labor, you got kids if you're going to put them to work. Um, but that, you know, it's not the 1800s in the U S West or something like, you know, th there's mm -hmm. not really a need for that. Um, level of having children. And so people do want more free time and, and um, with having both parents working does make it way harder to have that many kids. I mean, so yeah, it's, it's definitely kind of a, a first world uh, topic where, you know, there, there's a lot that, that us America, United States of American citizens expect of not having these things, seeing it in other countries, of course, those other countries, probably pay way more in taxes than we do to cover these things. But that's another topic altogether. I keep, I honestly like just gloss over the no universal healthcare. I cannot imagine like every time I go to the U S I make sure I have a $5 million travel policy because I cannot imagine going into a hospital and walking out with a bill. I just, yeah, you know, that's yeah, Canadian privilege. <laughs> and I mean, not everything is covered. Like I have to pay for my own dental and stuff like that, but just, you know, ankle surgery, walk, well, I didn't, we didn't walk out of hospitals then I was wheeled out, but like, I mean, you, you know, like you got, I didn't have a hospital bill, two hospitals I was in. Right. So you just take them a jug of maple syrup and a couple of beaver cups and you're <laughs> you don't even have paid. To do that. You go. don't even have to do that. <laughs> it's, it's like, I, I just, I can't imagine someone had told me how much it, it cost the, 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 the bill for giving birth to a child in the U S 
No, it's like, here's your baby and here's your bill. Like, yeah, I, it's, like <laughs> seriously, I just, yeah. I, I can't, I can't. It's just incredible. Yeah, it's, anyway. as, as much as the the powers and being the U.S. want people to have kids, yet this are, this number three actually, they make it very difficult to um, do so or to even want to desire to do so. Yeah. Uh, anyway, number four, this one's you. Oh, okay. Let me make my screen. <laughs> bigger here. Uh, I was raised by a single mom in a house with my grandparents and my great grandmother. Even ever since I can remember, I had to be responsible because my great grandmother needed a lot of care, as did my grandfather. So I've had to do a lot of the household chores, all the dishes, cleaning the floors, cooking, preparing medications for the next week, and so on. Plus, when I was about eight, I was tasked with the responsibility to responsibility to look after them while my mother and grandmother went grocery shopping or to the doctor with one of them. So is there, is that it for four? Okay. That's it. Yeah, so, that's it. so basically, yeah, like you're that there is something to be said about not being able to be a child. And mm -hmm. again, like everyone's got a different childhood experience. And, um, and as weird as my, my childhood was like, I didn't have, I didn't have those kind of responsibilities. I was the oldest, but I wasn't expected to look after I got a stay-at-home mom and, you know, mm -hmm. we got to play and we didn't get to watch TV, but <laughs> not well, bitter about that. But, you know, like we, I, I, I did get to be a kid on some level. So. If but on the other up, side of the coin, there are a lot of people who um, grow up as the, the eldest child or within the family that yeah. takes care of the younger kids and they love it and they want to, they can't wait to be a parent. So yeah. Um, it's, it's, yeah so number four could go, it really could go either way. It just well, depends on. You what, know what that reminds me of was the Duggar family that had like the 19 kids and counting. And so, mm -hmm. you know, they had that TV show and they were like, oh yeah, all the older kids help with the younger kids. But now everyone's writing memoirs and the truth is coming out. Like, I think, <laughs> I, I feel like we, we just get conditioned and we're used to it. And, and there is, it's not that everything is a miserable experience, but as you get older and you start to reflect and you're like, wait a second, I was, yeah, I didn't mind it. But, you know, like I think of growing up in a cult, there were aspects that it was just part of my childhood. I just, mm -hmm. there were things I liked to do and that we, we did. And, you know, we, stuff that most normal people would not experience, but that was part of the community I was raised in. And now looking back, I go, Oh, that was really weird. <laughs> like I would Hindsight. not subject. I'm glad my nephews didn't have to do that. Like I'm not talking about anything abusive or anything, but I mean, it was emotionally abusive, but you didn't think about it. That was just the environment you grew up in. So then you're, so, I mean, there are people that still can carry on and do that and raise their families in that environment because they're like, we love this. Yeah. But some yeah. people remove themselves and, you know, growing up with a lot of responsibility towards whatever, like this situation I think when you step away from it and you realize what is possible, you're like, wait, this is no longer what I want to do. Like, I don't want to carry on. Yeah. Um, this is just really interesting. Well, and, and that kind of plays into the, the, the idea that people have of child free people. It's like, Oh, you must've had a terrible childhood. It's mm -hmm. like, I mean, not, no, I, I feel like I had a pretty good childhood. I'm a happy kid and I'm yeah. a happy adult. Like I, but I just don't feel the need to have a kid. So, um, all right, let's see. Number five, I've seen plenty of uh, otherwise fine and even happy marriages go downhill because all substantial child care was ceded to the mother once the baby arrived, which is something we hear often. And again, it, it, this kind of raises that that point exactly. It's like, you know, as child-free people, like we, we absorb what we see out there in society. And if we're mm -hmm. seeing, you know, 
parents, you know, complaining about being parents and, and kids and whatever, and they should have the right. There shouldn't be a guilt for them to say being a parent is hard. Um, but then when, in the same breath, they're like, so when are you having kids? It's like, well, <laughs> here we go. You know, to the whole marriage thing, and I'm just going to say relationships in general, like people, the older I get, the more I understand what relationship means, because there's people look at it from a romantic point of view. Oh, we like each other, we like spending time with them, blah, blah, blah. But the reality is, is like relationships are designed to bring out like your deepest, darkest self to work on yourself. Because when you partner up with someone after a while, you, you know, you're both flawed human beings, right? And so regardless of kids or even living together, you're going to start realizing, oh, wait, <laughs> there, there's the realities of, of having people in your life in that yeah. capacity. And if people have expectations of what the other person's supposed to bring to the relationship, what other people are supposed to feel, or you're supposed to do all these things so I can feel good. No, no one's there. It's nobody's responsibility to make you happy or feel good. You have to do that yourself and contribute something to the relationship, but you both are independent people. So like how I always viewed marriage and relationships is when I'd see, you know, people are blaming the child and having kids as, as the downfall while we're all flawed human beings trying to just live through life. And then if people are having kids, assuming that's going to fix or whatever, like it's just going to, it's, it's, it's not, it's actually, I don't think it wrecks the marriage. It just brings up everybody's dark stuff because relationships will bring out your dark sides. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not a relationship expert, but I've been in enough situations where I go, oh, yeah, that <laughs> you yeah. can like or each other, love each other, but you're still going to each have to deal with your own inner stuff. And you yeah. can't expect the other person to fix that. And I think people assume their partner, or their spouse or the kids are going to fix that. No, you have to do that yourself. And then whatever's left, let's make something out of that. So people you know, blame all sorts of external factors, but we're all, we have to be responsible for our own individual happiness and satisfaction and, and then have a, a decent life, whatever we can do with the people that come into our lives, or if you, you know, have kids or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or in but, some cases, like the, the child is um, maybe knowingly or unknowingly made the buffer between the two parents, like basically mm -hmm. everything they converse goes through the interactions of that child. Yeah. And like you're saying, like they don't get that chance to um, discover what their marriage is going to be until, you know, or they may, they never do and they get divorced. Like this, like, mm -hmm. who, you know, they don't get to go through the, the ups and downs together. They're like, well, we're doing this for little Timmy, Susie, Bobby, Braden, Jaden, whatever the kid's name is. Um, it, so yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, it's there. I, I, I really feel I, we have to start wrapping because I do have okay. to run. But I think at the end of the day, like everyone, it, it, it's so it's so interesting how society, pro, well, this is pronatalism, has said, OK, kids are going to are, are the cure for everything. It's the cure for nothing. If you decide to have it like we're not antinatalists here. If if we uh, you know, if you decide to have a child, you know, that's if that's your calling, go for it, you know. If it's not your calling, also go for it. I just mm -hmm. we're we're here championing championing those who have chosen not to have children because that's been our calling. And you know, doesn't mean our lives are perfect. Okay, I'm getting on a soapbox, so let's just <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, there's a lot more to this choice than just going on vacations, people. So anyway. Well, Lenora, how can people find us? 
<laughs> I don't think they want to after this. All right. Well, <laughs> um, you can email us if you have an article you want us to comment on in further episodes or questions, concerns, whatever. Or if you want to join the Child for Media Network, you can email us at childformedia at gmail.com. We have our website that has access to the newsletter, links to Child for Convention at childformedia.com. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Child for Media. I was going to say dot com, but that's not right. It's just at Child Free Media. And also our podcast. Uh, so Child Free Media, we're available on um, Spotify, every major streaming platform. And of course, you can watch the replays of this particular show on there as well. We also have a YouTube channel, which I keep forgetting about. Um, but the biggest draw, our, our weekly newsletter, which features a lot of uh, original content and replays from produced by Child Free Media with original content as well. And we have other... Uh, content creators in our network that we also market as well and you get all your child free convention updates international child for day which has a brand new website <laughs> internationalchildfreeday.com which is now under child for media but go to internationalchildfreeday.com just because Check and tell everybody child free or otherwise because that's, that's important right. august and 1st and if you are a child-free content creator and you want us to plug what you're doing, blogs, podcasts, whatever, we do it for free. We put you in the newsletter and we'll share what you drop when you drop it. Just let us know. Mm -hmm. And thank you to our lovely director, Rebecca, who is keeping the chat in check. And thank you to everybody in our live chat audience for joining us tonight. And uh, yeah, thank you, Cody said, and Lenore, for being amazing hosts. We're awesome. All <laughs> we right. We're awesome. Till next time. All right. Bye. Good night, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this episode presented by Child Free Media Limited. To stay current with child-free content like this, please visit childfreemedia.com and subscribe to the newsletter.